Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar4children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713-463-6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raj Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you, regain strength, power, and peace. You go. 
the the Tutsis in Rwanda. A dark time in our history, no doubt, but we have seen historically so many dark times. And for some reason, we're continuing. You know, we continue. There are scars, and those scars um, travel towards the upcoming generations. And as each generation carries these scars, I've found that generations begin to really ask the, the real questions. Like, what is this? There's got to be a better way that we can work this out. And I believe that as we look at these times, we're understanding the importance of, of taking care of ourselves, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, economically, relationship-wise, being able to have a good mindset on our mental capacity is imperative, and it is especially imperative in these times. Stay tuned. We're going to be having a heart-to-heart conversation with Millennia Little, who's affectionately known as Dr. Millie. And Dr. Millie and I will be having a heart-to-heart on eating for meaning. But before I get Dr. Millie on, why don't we do a meditation? Here's Off the Grid, Into the Heart, from my Off the Grid, Into the Heart CD, which I hope everyone will acquire a copy from iTunes or Amazon or CD Baby. Now let's take a very, very deep breath. Inhale and exhale, and let's bring our goodness to an amplified state. Here is Off the Grid. In this meditation, I invite you to become aware of the two types of consciousness that reside within the soul. Let us choose the consciousness of light over the darkness of past stories, the history that gets into our way. Let us now remember our connection to the Supreme Energy, the Supreme Soul, the Being of Light. For far too long, we have allowed the external forces to dictate our inner force. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart to be myself. I choose to no longer be under the influence of what the world tells me, what my parents have told me, my spouse, friends, who has been a negative influence in my life. In this meditation, I stand strong in the original, eternal, imperishable worth of the soul. I, the being of light, the soul of power, I step into the heart And I become a being of love, a being of light and goodness.
looked at the stats, we're like, you know, we're over a thousand episodes and we're like, you're kidding me. And it was just like, I love that though, Dr. Millie. I think perhaps for you too, you're just moving along, you know, with something that you're very passionate about. And when you do a life review or you do some serious self-monitoring, you're surprised at the way that, you know, the divine has used you to make life better. Now, healthcare is huge. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we still have Obamacare. <laughs> and, and it hasn't been changed to Trump care. And, and that's a whole different story. You know, I don't mind folks saying that something could be better. Everything could always be better. But I so do mind that after all of these hundreds of years, they didn't come up with a plan until Barack Obama and his administration did. And as complex as, as it is and as difficult as it is, it touched my heart that children of God People in positions of leadership didn't even consider the amount of time and energy that it went in to even get Obamacare to where it was, and that they were just wanting to repeal it like it didn't care, it didn't matter. And so I hope the world is looking, as Mother Teresa once said, don't wait for leaders. You start to lead yourself. You must start to take care of yourself. And I've been sharing this with Everyone, Dr. Millie, don't wait for a great health care to give you physical health. You have to begin to exercise, eat well, drink more water, think well, if you're planning to get your health care and have your own health care bill in check for you. So, Dr. Millie, health care continues to be a really major concern in our country. It's worth trillions of dollars are being spent annually on it. What's really going on? Why is it that the advanced nation of America, which seems as if we're getting more sick, and why are the costs getting so high? Well, that's a huge question. It's a very good question. I'm originally from Canada, where we have, you know, what's considered to be national health care, and I've also worked and studied in Germany, where they have a system of national health care there as well. And um, I'm moving I think to Canada. <laughs> I am moving are to you? Canada. Everything that's good is going on in Canada. <laughs> well, there's problems there too, but it is mm -hmm. interesting that I've, I've lived in the States for five years, and I think what's really going on here is that we are primarily a capitalist country, so everybody needs their piece of the pie. All the stakeholders, if you will, who are involved in healthcare and creating healthcare systems and insurance and pharma and all the and food lobbies and agriculture and all the pieces of the pie, hospitals, universities need their piece of the money. They can't be ignored. And so when it comes to creating a system for what we call health care for the public, the public is really the last stakeholder that is being considered. Because if we are actually prioritizing the health and the well-being, the people of the country, the citizens, then we'd be really just making a direct beeline to preventative approaches, diet, lifestyle, mindset, meditation, all the things that you teach on this show. And we would cut out all of that. <laughs> we'd cut out the hospital care system as being the top rung and the pharmaceutical company as being the second rung because those are really should be reserved for the last or the most expensive. They are. It's preventable to get people there in many, many cases. We allow people to develop chronic disease, and we actually have created a food system and that creates chronic disease. I mean, the human body is, really can withstand a lot. We can withstand a lot of stress, and we can withstand a lot of poisons in our environment and we can withstand poisonous food for decades, if not generations, and it gradually degrades us and creates what we now know of as chronic disease. But all of that is preventable. 
Would you agree that at the end of the day, as we're looking at the fact that the people are the last on the list, this is about the pharmaceutical companies, the healthcare industry, the insurance companies, right? Is there a point that we actually really start to take care of our own bodies and mind? I mean, at what what point are we going to start to do that? Well, I think that we're starting to do it more. I mean, I do think that consciousness is growing. I do think that people are becoming more aware of the you know, the levels, the hierarchical levels, and not wanting to be in that mix, really wanting to bypass that. And unfortunately, we do it by spreading the word and by showing others that it is possible and that it can be simplified. And when we're doing that, we're really prioritizing ourselves and our family instead of prioritizing, you know, being part of the team, part of another team, which part of the team that's really from a grassroots perspective, following our own intuition as to what we know is good for us. But it takes us, it takes leaders to show how people can follow their own intuition and get to know their own bodies so they can have an instinct and develop that instinct as to what's good for them and how to have the confidence to cut out that whole system. And I'm not talking about being a non-participant in society, but I am talking about bypassing a lot of that noise going on there in the healthcare system. And um, right. that's how I, I, I really do feel that there's an activist requirement at, still at this time. It's really the people who are, need either need to for their own health purposes or financial purposes because mm-hmm. it's cheaper to go grassroots mm-hmm. or they are, you know, activist in nature, something has kind of cause that rising in them that they're willing to kind of get off the grid a little. I have to tell you, I'm becoming a much more strong supporter of medical tourism. I was in India and I visited the Global Hospital Research Center in Mount Abu, India in Rajasthan. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the most remote areas of all of India. And not only did they offer me the best care, but when I kept asking about money, they were like, don't worry about it. Let's just sit and get this going. Mm -hmm. And the comprehensive attention that they gave on me and also my mother was just so heartwarming. They put her in a therapy that was like, I think it was called prolotherapy to end chronic pain. And when we looked at what that was costing compared to the American system, it was like crazy. But then he said to me, the doctor, uh, Dr. Rose, fantastic, said, well, I don't think that falls under any sort of a health insurance because when you do this therapy, it actually gets rid of your chronic pain. And I could see why you started to go into a path of naturopathic medicine and a naturopathic way of practicing medicine. Could you share some of the modalities that you are now using in your practice? Yeah, Mm. so I use an eclectic approach to helping people address their health. So the foundation of that is diet and nutrition. I use herbs. I use energetic forms of therapy such as homeopathy, and I use hypnosis, and I use spiritual counseling. So I do some energy work as well, some Brennan-style hands of light therapies and some Reiki and I've practiced acupuncture in the past. I don't currently practice so much of it, but that is, that's also something that I have in my, in my repertoire. And then I use gene-based therapies because now we're able to get to a place where we can see what our gene picture looks like, our genetic picture. And that, of course, can change over time as we're 
introduced to different environments or we have traumas or we have us follow a certain diet or lifestyle and we can change those back using na- these natural therapies that I'm mentioning as well. So that's something that I use in my gene SNP clinic in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's fantastic. And you've got a book out. Tell us about, mm-hmm. you know, your nutrition program, which has a lot to do with eating for meaning. And your book is also called Eating for Meaning. For us, emphasize for us to eat in silence, which is a very important part of our eating to nourish the temple, the body, and also to nourish the emotional part of the soul. We also believe in cooking in silence, where there isn't a lot of waste or negative conversations in the kitchen while you're cooking, because we believe the vibrations of that consciousness enters the vibrations of the food, which which eventually also enter your, your consciousness. When you're eating it, you're picking up also the vibrations of the chef. Is any of that in your book? And I'd love for you to educate us more on why it's really important for us now to eat with more meaning. Yeah, so... That's interesting because there's a recent there's a recent episode of the Chef's Table that has a temple cuisine. There's a, a Buddhist monk. She's cooking in silence and and discussing the the things that, the principles that you were talking about. And so that's the thing that's becoming more well known. And physiologically speaking, it does make sense to eat in silence because that's when our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation system of the body, is stimulated and our relaxation response needs to be stimulated in order for di- for digestion to happen and for or in order for us to assimilate our food when we're having intellectual conversations or if we're distracted by the television or anything else that's going on we're really in that fight or flight mode that stress mode and that's our sympathetic nervous system which does not allow us to digest food so even right. from a physiological standpoint so many people have indigestion heartburn you know gas and bloating ibs like symptoms as a result of just poor mechanics poor hygiene so Certainly that aspect of eating in silence makes sense from that perspective as well. And I, in my book, Eating for Meaning, it's a, a workbook that helps people. It's a paradigm shift for when it comes to the approaching nutrition, that we're not just looking at nutrition from a Western perspective in terms of calories and macronutrients, you know, proteins and fats and, and even vitamins and minerals. All those things are great. But we really do need to think about the impact that food has on our emotions, that when we're eating, you know, if we're eating animals or if we're eating processed food, what the energy of those foods are. When we're eating animal products, we're eating the hormones that those animals produce, even that they produce that death, the fear that they might experience that death. So we have to be aware that we're on the top of the food chain and that we're absorbing all of the the chemicals, but as well as the energy that of the food that we're eating. Mm-hmm. If something has been processed in a plant, you know, Michael Pollan's kind of work, if it's made in a plant, don't eat it. If it's a plant, eat it. And so when things are made in a plant, they're they're really, yeah, they're really torn apart. And all of the living aspect of the food is disassembled. It's radiated. It's chemically treated and heated. And, you know, all the nutrients are mostly taken out. Sometimes they're put back in. So there's really no energy to that food. It's really dead. And what food is, is energy. I mean, even if we think about it being measured in terms of calories, that's what calories are. They're units of heat. They're units of energy. Energy. That's how we measure, you know, an exercise physiology, how much we need to take in versus how much we need to spend. But when we think about the overall energetics, the food energetics of that and how we're, our relationship to our food and how our food is actually making us feel, it's also extremely relevant. Even we don't need a measurement system. We don't need to know if something has 100 calories. All we need to know is how that food makes us feel. Do you feel energized after you eat it or do you feel tired after you eat it? 
Right. So that right. so and we don't need any tools for that. All we need is our own body and our own internal system to be aware of the impact that our food is having on us. Mm-hmm. And it, does consciousness or thinking have much to do with it as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's there's an ethics. There's an ethics to food as well. So if you feel good about what you've prepared, so even if you prepared your own food, then you have a relationship to that food. You've taken the time to get to know it, to handle it, to make decisions about which best you're serving it to other people to take on that responsibility. It's an intimate connection and our awareness to the meal that we're about to eat has a very big vibrational difference between if we've prepared it or if we've just, you know, opened up a box and put it in the microwave, added water Mm -hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely like praying, for instance, praying over food uh, increases the vibration yeah. of it. It it raises yeah. the intention. You can make any food healthier by praying over it or uh, setting good intentions towards it that it's going to nourish your body. And mm-hmm. this is all very important in our exchange of energy, how we give out towards the universe and how we receive it back in and what we expect for our health in mm-hmm. based on the decisions that we're making about the food that we're eating. So, you know, the other program that you started, Heal Yourself with Food Energetic, a little bit more, educate me on that because I even love how that sounds, Heal yeah. Yourself with Food Energetics. And you touched on it a little bit, but could you go a little bit more in detail? Yeah, so just how you say at the beginning of your show today that everyone has light, the story of the of the hotel manager from Rwanda, everybody has light. Everybody has health also. So no matter mm-hmm. how ill we are or how much we're suffering, there's always an aspect of health for us to grow. And foods, different foods have different effects on different organs of the body. So if we look at Chinese medicine or some Ayurvedic principles, we think about the five element theory and how food represents different times of the year. Food represents different flavors, salt, sweet, spicy, pungent. And those flavors have an impact on our organs. So for instance, the heart responds to bitter, the the lungs respond to sour, the kidneys respond to salt. So our organ systems respond to these different flavors in food. And then also each carries an emotion with it as well. Mm. Our lungs are sadness, our kidney is fear, our heart is joy or the lack of joy or too mm-hmm. much joy, mania. So <laughs> so when we think about choosing and curating our foods based on having every flavor in our meal, which tonifies and stimulates every organ to function, or you know having less sweet in our diet, so that lessens the worry, having some sweet mm-hmm. in our diet, stimulates our spleen in Chinese medicine or stimulates our digestion. It makes us feel good, good humored and helps us calm down. But having too much sweet is increases worry and causes right. us to move towards sweet more. So we really need a balanced palate to increase more bitter, more salty, more sour foods in our diet, even pungent foods in order to balance and offset that craving for sweet. So it's not just about what we're feeding ourselves. It's also about what we're not feeding ourselves sometimes and how we're missing all of those nutrients or flavors or foods that are going to help get us to that place of healing. Because your body has that innate ability to heal itself. It's there. It's your, it's your right as a human being. And food is the most, one of the most intimate sources or methods of healing. You know, they say food is medicine because we have the opportunity to contribute to our health every single time we eat, or we have the opportunity to detract from our health every single time we eat. 
You know, in Indian culture, and it might be the same in many ancient cultures, but I don't have enough knowledge on that. But in Indian culture, when the soul departs its body on the 13th day or after has been cremated, because in Hinduism and many Indians believe more in cremation than in burials, but after the soul's body has been cremated, they then offer something called like food, bog, for that departed spirit and they prepare the food that that spirit loved the most because the food used to sustain or give them something that that pacified them, that comforted them. And I remembered, you know, asking that question for the first time, which was years ago. Why do we offer food? The soul is gone. They've moved on to another body. Why are we doing that? And they said, well, the soul is still around for the first 13 days. And one of the areas that has given the soul comfort is when it has eaten its favorite food. So it smells and it feels the vibrations of that food cooked with love. And mm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I mean, when I die, they're going to make me pizza, Jamaican stew peas, Jamaican jerk, and Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting take on the Last Supper, right? Usually we think right. of our Last Supper before, and, before and we And please don't forget homemade chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> so my departure is going to be a feast for everybody. <laughs> But but it's true. It makes you feel better. And it became a, an extreme eye-opener for me because now when I eat, I'm so aware that this food not only is with me now, but it's something that I travel with as to how it has sustained my spirit. Mm. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, food mm. is, I mean, it's something that we make part of our body and our being. It's and we continually do this on a regular rotation. How often do we eat? You know, three to six times right. a day. Or I mean, some people may eat once a day. But and then if we fast and then then we reintroduce food again, then that's a, it's also ceremonial. And really, what we eat and how we eat it impacts us moment mm-hmm. to moment, as well as impacts our life long. But right. impacts us moment to moment. And the more we become aware of the impact that each morsel is or each meal if you will is having on our spirit on our emotions on our energy level on our physical pain the more you're able to make the right choices you know there's such a fear about food in our culture and Mm. one reason this fear is there is because the food itself is bad (laughs) so it's it's not you know that we're being fed bad food unfortunately in order to eat well you have to skip most of the grocery store and <laughs> so true. because so much of the grocery store is processed, processed food. And if you think what they're, if you look on the ingredients, and which is the only way to really know what's in the food is to look at the ingredients list. So much of the food is, is processed and it's the same ingredients over and over. And they're all the genetically modified crops. And, you know, it's whatever, it's whatever the government or the lobbies have allowed to be in our food. It's not us making the selection like, oh, I like this kind of cereal or I like this kind of, you know, Right. It's what the higher establishment, the government establishment, decides that we will be eating. So in order for us to take hold of our own health, we really need to look for alternate sources, whether that's your local farm or your farmer's market or your health food store or growing your own, you know, some and including these uh, roots for nourishment or and into your daily and weekly grocery purchases. This is a, a good place to start by to take control back uh, in and make and really being able to make better selection in what you're eating. 
Okay, that's very good to know. You know, and I think that there's a saying I've always remembered by my great-great-grandfather, Brahma Baba, and he said, um, as is the food, so will be your mind. Right? Yeah, it's very insightful. It's very true, and it was true then, and it's true now. It's more true now because, you know, when our grandparents, I mean, my grandmother's 97 years old, and when she was 20, the food market, what was available to her was so much different. So if she was having milk, it was milk that she made, that milked on her farm. If she was having eggs, they were provided on her farm. They were, you know, growing more, growing their own produce. And even when I was a child, we had our own organic garden, and so we ate from that. So less and less are we in connection with the food that we're eating. You know, we our food could be grown or reared in the United States and then sent halfway across the world to China to be processed and then sent back here. And we never know how far this food has traveled, how long it's been around, what it's been treated with. And and so we really have lost the, even the distance connection on the food. And so getting to know who the suppliers are in your local neighborhood is, is a way that you can really enhance your mind and really grow your nutrition through through what you eat. Yeah. Dr. Millie, please come by the Meditation Museum and offer some more education on this topic. I think definitely as Americans, it's just so important for us to understand the emotional, physical, mental, and even financial responsibility of mm-hmm. eating with meaning and eating healthier. So don't hesitate to use our platform. Before I let you Thank go... You. You're welcome. Where can our listeners find more information about you and your work? So they can go to my website, Eating for Meaning. That's E-A-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-M-E-A-N-I-N-G.com. And I do have a couple of offers on the website. There's a free webinar for out-of-the-box solutions for reducing pain naturally. So I hope everybody will take advantage of that listen. It's a really fun webinar, and I do some hypnosis in there as well. And then I'm also offering a course right now, Heal Yourself with Food Energetics, that we spoke about. And I would love to offer a discount to all Sister Jenna listeners, $100 off the course. Uh, if they use coupon code SISTERS, that's a capital S, and then everything else is lowercase. So SISTERS is the coupon code for $100 off the course. That's fantastic. And everyone, I'm on Dr. Millie's Twitter account, and there's a quote that she has, which I love. We are souls who experience life. How we interpret life is up to us. So you also go to her Twitter account that says, Millie Says. I'm following you right now, Millie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sister Jenna. I'm following you, too. (laughs) You're welcome. Much love and all the very best. Take care. Thank you. Same to you. Bye. Everybody, I can't begin to tell you how important it is to eat healthy. It is so vital in your well-being. And one of our greatest, I would say the core to the reason why we get ill so much, so much, is because the food that we're putting in our systems and the way that we're putting the food in our system is killing us. And please don't let me start with GMO. The vegetables in India, when I get them, I kind of laugh, and that's just my ignorance. They're, like, so tiny. You've got to see the bell peppers in India. They could fit, like, in my baby's hands, so to speak. And here, the bell peppers, you need, like, two hands. That's not healthy. A friend of mine from Saudi Arabia, they had bought apples from Costco's. It was, it's a big It's a big fruit. It's a big thing in Saudi Arabia to have like fruits, apples, which actually come from America. And she said she left those apples, went on a tour. And three months later, she came back and those apples were still there. 
And she realized, I don't think that's right. Something's not right with that. So be mindful. It's going to take us a little bit more effort. I know even though the apples don't look so big and juicy, they might not be so good. But I have to tell you, I think they are. I think those tiny little apples and tiny little bell peppers are actually more healthy. And we just might have to develop the ability to eat less. As Dr. Millie said, our body has the ability to heal itself. But if we keep putting in things in there that's destroying its ability to heal, it takes a longer time then we end up taking medicines that also have uh, side effects from those medicines. So please, eat well so that we can think well and be well. You've been listening to America Meditating Radio. Please visit Dr. Millie at eatingformeaning.com. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless we give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. Let's end today's show with Open My Eyes from Bliss. Take care, everyone.